0: Welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Um, you are listening to about the 82nd try to do this this intro. Um, I'm, you know, it's the last few days of October, so I'm in a I'm in a weird space. Um, I have seasonal depression. I'm usually not. I mean, the, the uh, Halloween's probably the last day that you will get very much from me. Um, it also, like, it doesn't help that, you know, this is the time of year. All the kids are sick all the time. I mean, the kids are sick all the time because they're in fucking school and everybody's licking each other. And that's where all the sickness comes from. All my kids are sick right now. No, they don't have COVID, but they have like a nasty something. And, and I just been like babying them and taking care of them and and you know making them soup and rubbing their little heads um so that's always happening at this time of the year i also have three birthdays um one in october my kids birthdays october november and december i have um my wedding anniversary in december and an adoption anniversary at the beginning of december um then obviously uh halloween thanksgiving and christmas happen there and I am the driving forces behind that for the kids. So that requires a lot of work and stuff. And then end of the year things for my job. And yeah, it just, it gets, it's, it just feels like a lot's happening. And it feels like I am not at my best and I won't be at my best because of where my headspace is. And so what I have to do during this time of year, I have to take care of myself. Like really hardcore. I got to be serious about self-care. I have to baby myself like I baby those kids when they're sick. I have to feed myself like I love myself. Like, make actual meals for myself. Like, do not eat cherry tarts all day and claim that I had meals. Um, I need to, like, make sure I get all the sleep in the world and give myself a break from things. And just really get off of social media. Everything's terrible all the time. You, Someone will let you know if if they reenacted slavery again. They'll, they'll come let you know. Like, just get off fucking social media right now and just make sure I'm finding joy every day. Like, build some Legos, work on some creative projects, go see the lights, the the holiday lights with my kids, go see Black Panther, you know, just like, just, I don't know, baby myself. It's really important that I do this this time of year because when I don't, it's never good never good by January I'll be back to my old self but the end of the year is tough for me when I was younger I didn't really understand that I just thought that I I didn't I just thought that I felt bad but I didn't really put two and two together for a long time and once I realized I was like oh okay that's what it looks like so yeah that's what I'll be doing um so and part of that is that I'm going to take a break from podcasting Um, podcasting takes, listen, I'm not digging ditches over here guys, but this is work and it takes up quite a bit of time. Um, and I still work a full time big girl job. I still freelance. I'm still ghostwriting. I have five kids and then I do this shit and I'm also a wife. Um, I have a relationship to nurture. I have a lot of shit to do and I'm going to pull back on all of those things in the next couple of months as I just rest and rejuvenate and give myself some space to, um, you know, renew. So I'm going to take a break from podcasting in December. What's that going to look like? It means that I'm not going to have any new episodes on the free feed, which is what you're listening to right now. The episode that comes out every Sunday is the free feed. Um, it's free to anybody to listen to, and I'm not going to have new episodes What I am going to do is I'm going to rerun episodes that came from Patreon. So if you're listening to the free feed and you're not a Patreon member, you've never heard these. They'll be new to you. They'll be upcycled to you, but they won't have been recorded lately. I don't know which episodes I'm going to do. I'll figure it out. If you're a Patreon member, you will get new Patreon episodes, and it's because you guys pay for them. And... I believe you should get, if you're, I mean, it's 5 bucks a month, okay? But if you are paying me $5 a month, you should get what you paid for. So you will get new episodes. They just will not be, they just won't be recorded in December. I'm going to record them in November and bank them and then put them out in December. And then put them out in December. And then in January, I will come back, back to the, the old schedule and with new episodes and, and, and. I will be refreshed and you will hear it in my voice and see it in the in my content. Now, you may be having some feelings about this. And I, let, first, let me validate your feelings. I too am a content consumer and I too like when my stuff, you know, my routine, you know, I, 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 I don't like to break my routine. But that said, it is incredibly important to me that i am doing what's right for my mental health and if your schedule is more important than my mental than my mental health okay but it's not to me so while you may be disappointed i have a few suggestions you can sign up for patreon it is five dollars a month i know everybody's got a budget i understand that i I am always making a dollar out of 15 cents. I get it. but sign up for one month. then if you really got to get new episodes because there's a, there's a whole bad catalog and then you'll get new episodes in December. If that's not something you want to do or can do, you can li- you can go back and listen to old episodes from the free free feed if you want to. Maybe you've missed a few. Either way, those are your options. I would implore you not to DM me or at me or comment about how important it would be for you to get episodes for me in December and frame it as if it is more important than my mental health because I disagree so yeah um that's what's gonna be coming up soon um. I was going to say, if you have questions, you can reach out, but no, I was really, I was really clear about what's going to happen. So no, you don't have to just rewind it and listen to it again. But as for the mother daughter experiment, I only have two episodes left. This one we're doing right now, number seven and number eight. Now, number eight took a while to air. It felt like we weren't going to get it and you can't buy it on Amazon, but I bought it on YouTube premium. So let's see if I can actually do that episode. So if I can do that episode, next week will be the last in the mother-daughter experiment. If I can't, this week will be, will be the last episode. Now, what are we going to do next? What's the next season of Buy Pumpkin? I don't even know what number it is. Is it season 11? No, it's season 12, I think. Ugh. Um, I'm not even sure. And I'm not going to do new episodes until January, so I have time to figure it out. But... I have no clue. It feels like endless possibilities. We'll see. But, um, oh, so, if today's, um, I am still doing new episodes throughout November, so I'll probably just do bonus episodes, things that I haven't done yet. I have a lot of sponsored episodes to, to do. Um, for those who don't know, uh, I, you know, People often want me to do the content they want me to do and if you send me an email at hello at buypumpkinpodcast or send me a Patreon message then you can pitch me something and for $20 you can sponsor the episode. I have quite a few to get done and uh, they will be coming out on Patreon over the next couple of weeks, over the next few weeks actually. Then I have like some little um one offs I need to do. So yeah, and then um when we come back in January, we'll figure out what the next season to buy pumpkin. Should I do like the Rachel Zoe project? Should I? I could do my fair Brady. I could do a surreal life season. Hmm. I could do a season of I Love New York. I didn't do that. I could do a season of uh For the Love of Ray J. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Danger. She smashed the homies. I could do that. I don't know. It's all, it's all up in the air. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Any other show business I need to let you guys know about? Mm, no, 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 not at all. Let's talk about the mother-daughter experiment. It's season one, episode eight. Oh, excuse me. The mother-daughter experiment, colon, celebrity edition. Um, It's season one, episode seven. Um... It's called Three's a Crowd. I have, I felt like I have not done a mother-daughter experiment episode in a while. I was watching the previously on. I was like, girl, what? (laughs) When did this happen? (laughs) I know I watched it, but I was like, where was I when that was going on? (laughs) Um, Cassie's still having her panic attack and I do feel bad for her. I've had panic attacks. Um... Personally, the feeling of being out of control, out of control of my body really doesn't do it for me, which is why I don't do drugs and I'm not much of a drinker. And it's because I am a control freak and I don't want my body or my mouth doing anything without my permission. And, um, the idea that like, you know, when you're in a panic attack where you can't control your breathing and it feels, it feels like your body's out of control is very scary to me. She says she hasn't had one in years and that it's just the vibes, the energy. I keep saying energy. She's talking about that it is... Natalie screaming and being aggressive is activating her fight or flight. And actually, what is it? There's a fight, flight, freeze. I think there's a fawn now. But but it's activating her body's emergency uh, system that's like something's happening. We must do something. We're in danger, danger, danger. And... Um, yeah, and, and while, like, Kim and Kimberly end up taking care of her, putting a cool cloth on her head, and, like, staying there with her, and, like, talking her through it, and she's, like, trying to reassure them, which is typical, um, well, she's like, it's okay, it's just, uh." I was wondering where Char was. And we see footage of Char. She's a, she's going to bed. And I'm like, Char does would not be in that bedroom if she knew that Cassie was this was going on with Cassie. But I, I think it's interesting no one went to go get her. So the next morning, we're all dealing with the aftermath of everything that happened. Char Dr. Deb tells Char that it was actually good that she wasn't there and and doing and like sticking up and like for Cassie and like talking for her and, and letting Cassie handle it because she made it through. Um, I agree about the fact that Cassie, that Shar um, is really a helicopter mom, but I think that's an exception. Like it's okay for her to be a helicopter during that type of moment where she's having a panic attack. It's the part where She doesn't need anyone or she, or she can handle it. And Char still like trying to like tell her what to do and all these other things. I'm not like, I don't agree. I mean, I don't agree with Dr. Deb a lot. So it's not surprising to me. Um, so next morning, Natalie is incredibly calm, right? She sees what happened last, the night before very differently than everybody else. Um, I have to say that the way this episode allows Natalie to be aggressive, scary, and then after she's had some time to think, come back and cry and be like, you know it's not fair for you to be mad at me. It is, it is fair for us to be mad at you. Natalie. the, you were doing a lot, you were doing a lot of screaming. You were threatening to kick down people's doors. You were, um, Cassie and Josie are probably two people that are not going to fight with you. And you were, uh, Cassie jo- is Cassie and Kimberly. You were all up in their faces and telling them that they don't have a right to leave and stuff. Like, I I was reading something in the, uh, about how dysfunctional dynamics and how, particularly with families, that what happens is that the most dysregulated person get, gets to do all the choosing because we don't want them to yell and argue and do all, and disrupt everything. So we just let them run everything, so, so we'll, we'll all be quiet. And I don't know, and that, I, like, I was looking and I was like, yeah, that's what's happening there, is that something's going on with Natalie and she feels dysregulated and in return, she wants to create chaos around her with other people and other people don't know what's going on and they get sucked into this hurricane in which they didn't know what's happening They and they just have to deal with Natalie's swirling feelings. And I know she feels bad in the morning, but... Um, you still have to deal with those consequences. I know you're crying. I know you, f- you, you know, but actions have consequences. And I just, I thought the show was like really, not the show. Well, the show. I thought the show was really irresponsible in the way they handled that. Um, in the wrong other situation, that was turn physical. But she's in there with a bunch of people who don't want to be physical with her. But it could have. Um... You know, Natalie believes that Kim went after her and that any argument that they had is not is Kim's fault because Kim went after her. I'm like, okay, but you were in the middle of the floor yelling and screaming and doing all kinds of stuff. So what the fuck? Um, they have the session, and Dr. and Doctor Deb is there, and she's like, oh, something happened last time I wasn't here. And Natalie says she doesn't want to be thought of as aggressive. She says repeatedly that she doesn't like that about herself. Um, She says, I guess my communication last night was not right. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. And for you to get here in the morning and cry and tell us all that, like, we didn't under. We just don't understand you. I don't understand you. I don't understand you when you're screaming at the top of your lungs. I don't understand you. It's late and you don't even want people to go to sleep because you are having hard. You're having big feelings, and the rest of us look too calm. No, I don't understand that. Um, Courtney says in her confessional, definitely not to Natalie that Natalie is always the victim and she doesn't say she's like but no I won't be saying that to her because it's just gonna cause a fight it is it is Kim says that Natalie is a bully and that she was going after Kimberly and Cassie two people who who um wouldn't necessarily come back at her and I I just said that I agree with that um it's not like you went after Char I don't think Char would let you would would let you do that um Kimberly interrupts her, though, and says, I can take care of myself. If you didn't get involved, it wouldn't have escalated. Kimberly believes that if Kim hadn't come out and been like, you know, stop screaming at my kid, blah, 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 that it would have just went away. And maybe that's true. Um, But Kim thinks that something physical might have happened, and I believe that. I'm actually on Kim's side here. Heidi says that Kim, that Kim was the aggressive one and that she's shown her true colors. And Kim says, that's not true. She's been through so many things. She's, she's been in so many situations. She starts to cry a little bit. And Karen interrupts her to tell her that she's had a lot of sob stories and that Kim was the one yelling and she was the one pushing Natalie's hands out of the way. And I'm like, well, where are Natalie's hands? Were they in Kim's face? I think they were. So why would I need to push her hand if it wasn't in my face? You mean her hands were to her side and I grabbed her hands and pushed them? That doesn't make any sense. Even if you're saying I pushed her hand, that still makes Natalie the aggressor. (sighs) Kim, Karen believes that Kim started it. And at this point, Natalie's crying some more. And she says she knows she didn't ask the right way, but she's working on it. She didn't ask what? You didn't ask anything. What you were doing, well, excuse me, you did ask something because you wanted uh, Cassie and Kimberly to confirm that, that Josie was the one that Googled you and you kept asking, didn't someone Google me? Who was the person that Googled? So you did ask. But the problem is, is that Natalie felt like people were talking about her. She felt bad. She's actually embarrassed by her reputation. That's why she, you know, her fighting in the street and TMZ and being Googled, like that shit's on the internet, Natalie. Josie didn't put it on the internet. It's just there. Now, is Josie a dumb dumb for bringing it up? Yeah, yeah. When you Google somebody, you find that shit like that, don't bring it up to them. Just now that you got the tea, just keep it to his fucking self. And I do think people are gross that Google people like that and like get there and get information that's not necessarily, how can I say this? Yes, you should. Yes, finding out things about people that are like, in some situations, is is fine. I think even finding out information about people that maybe is none of your business is okay. But why? But confronting her about it was probably your mistake. This reminds me about when Ashley googled um, googled uh, Robin and found out she filed for she filed for bankruptcy and like basically read her bankruptcy pap- papers. I'm like. That's one thing to get that information. It's another thing to bring it up at lunch. Be like, hey, I heard you only had $6. dollars i like, get the fuck out. Like, for me, I wouldn't have been embarrassed by that. I would have been like, yeah, I heard you grew up with $6. Doesn't your mom live in a tent? Aren't you fucking an old white dude for money and for housing? Yeah. So you know what it's like. And <laughs> that's what I would have said, but fine. Um... But back to Natalie. Natalie's embarrassed is what Natalie is. At her reputation, at the fact that she goes off and she can't control herself, at the fact that she feels like she looks stupid afterwards. Um, And Josie bringing up that video of her fighting in the street on TMZ really set her off to believe everyone's talking about her. Everyone's talking about her. I don't know. I feel like you're all talking about each other. So now once she felt like she was being talked about, she, that escalated the situation, but it starts with Natalie. I don't think Kim escalated the situation. Do I think Kim should be in the hallway, um, screaming, be nice to Natalie. I now remember what happened. <laughs> be nice. Jog nice. Then no, I don't think that's appropriate either, but let's not pretend like Kim started. Let's, let's not, like Let's not pretend like Natalie was skipping up and down the hall singing. Mary had a little lamb and Kim just showed up and was like, Say nice things! That's not what happens. So, (laughs) and the fact that Natalie in the morning is very contrite and crying and, you know, just like, maybe I didn't say it right. No, no, nothing you said was appropriate. The part where you say you're going to kick down everybody's doors if they try to close them. Babe, babe, this is inappropriate. Cassie finally gets a chance to talk and, you know, she just says, hmm. The way she, what she says to Natalie is that she's sorry, that like she's non-confrontational and that it's like really not a big deal. It's just the vibes were off, the energy was off and that they're still friends and they can get over it. But, uh, so she doesn't have to be upset. And I, and like, listen, I, I, I get where Cassie's coming from and I think she has every right to come from there. Um, and that's, and like my need for Natalie to be punished or to be told or to be, you know. Uh, that's, that's something within me, right? You know, we want to see a punishment. We want to see, we see bad behavior. We want to see a punishment, but, um, it's not up to any of those people to punish her. And if Cassie, if that's how Cassie feels then that's how she feels, I just wish that Cassie had, had Natalie is describing her feelings. I wish Cassie had described hers and sat in it before trying to make Natalie feel better about it saying, okay. I understand where you are now, but let me explain to you how I was feeling that night and what, the, and what I went through. Um, I think it's interesting that Cassie categorized her and Natalie as friends. Cause I don't know that I would, uh, and maybe I'm just misremembering scenes and maybe, or maybe things that are, there are things that are on the cutting room floor that I just don't know about maybe, but, um, yeah, I, I, for my satisfaction, there wasn't enough of holding Natalie's feet to the fire, And I know that sometimes when we're asking for punishment, we're asking for revenge for retribution, as opposed for the most healthy way of moving forward. I understand that part, but it doesn't keep me from not wanting it. like I just I really feel like she got off very early, very well, and she says she doesn't want to be seen as a bad girl. I'm like, okay, well. You got to stop acting like one of them. So at the end of, at the, end of the group session, Dr. Uh, Deb has Cassie stay back for individual therapy. Uh, she doesn't think that Cassie's really opening up. And Dr. Deb says this has to do with Kevin and Brittany and Char. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true, but I guess she, like when she first said that, I was like, okay, so, but you got to explain like how it got back to that. And Cassie says that ever since she was a child, she had to act like an adult because of so many things that were going on. She calls Kevin her dad. And that's interesting to me. Um, I forget that Char and Kev were together for a while. For a good amount of time. That Cassie looked up to Kevin as her dad. And so when her dad and mom were breaking up. She didn't just. she, She actually lost a parental figure. And she says that. When that happened, you know, her mother was sad all the time. So she couldn't like, she couldn't, she had to try to be as happy as possible and faking the funk and like, and, um, kids were bullying her at school because of everything was on the, on the tabloids all the time. And she couldn't even come home and talk about that because her mom was so sad. She feels like at the time she was neglected because, her mom didn't really show up for her because her mom was going through her own shit. And like, this is all like, I'm like, okay, right? This is this sounds real. This sounds like real feeling she had. Um. Uh, Dr. Dev invites Char back in, and they start, and they they do a little talking. Cassie talks about crying herself to sleep every night when she was a teenager, and she says, and you remember that she had been texting her friends. Some sad stuff. She says sad stuff. And her friends got concerned and contacted her mom. So I'm assuming that um, what she was texting sad stuff was uh, self-harm stuff, right? Suicidal things. That's the type of thing that'll get your friend to contact your mom. Um, And she, she describes herself as depressed at all times. And Char, you know, listens and but she does sound Shara makes it sound like and I maybe mean, it's because it's together this way obviously but Shara makes it sound like oh this is the first time that she said this this is the, this is the first time I've heard this I'm like it can't be the first time you heard it because when her friends were contacting you to say hey I'm scared about what Cassie's saying you didn't just go okay and never talk to cat Cass- you went in Cassie's room and right and talked to her and what did Cassie say oh that, that, that's a typo. Like, it seems like you guys would have had a conversation then about what, um, was going on, but nonetheless, they seem happy about it. I, Cassie seems like a very nice little girl. She's like a nice girl. She seems like someone who's very down, someone that, um, probably has a lot of feelings that she buries a lot. And has been through a lot, and I hope this wasn't the only therapy she got. I hope that she actually got some actual therapy because I think Cassie has a lot of things to work through. Um, being responsible for your parents' emotions—that—that codependency. Like I said, I wasn't—I don't—I don't remember what show I said it on. So I could have said on Patreon only about how I had been. Um, I don't know. I was watching something, and basically, the person was like, "Codependency is when you feel responsible for someone else's feelings, emotions, and I'm like Uh-oh. <laughs> when it's put that simply." <laughs> and I, but I think Cassie obviously had, has had, continues to have a codependent relationship with Shar, and I think it goes both ways. And that's part of the reason Char is such a helicopter mom and, and is also like, feels personally attacked that Cassie wants to go meet her boyfriend's family and like spend time away from home. Um, yeah, like I, I think that's, that's what the thing is and there's going to take some time to, to, to un, you know, untangle their feelings and un-intertwine them from each other. It's gonna be tough um so the next I was gonna say couple the the next mother-daughter duo that gets an individual session are Krista and Courtney and Courtney so Courtney has not told Krista that Doug is coming because they believe that Krista will leave um Mm. Okay, I you know, Krista immediately says like so because Dr. Deb announces that Doug is coming coming and Krista immediately says she will not be in the room with Doug. And I'm not No, I'll say that one when, when we're done. Let me, let, let me get through it first. So Doug shows up at the door holding three bags. Two bags are stuffed with things and one stuffed with a puppy. All right. Now, the ladies all, uh, Krista and Courtney are supposedly in, because I, I don't trust the editing. The editing's off on the show. Um, Krista and Courtney are supposedly in a session with Dr. Deb, and the ladies are the one to answer the door for Doug. They're all like, oh, look at this freak. Oh, the drama's coming. Here comes a pedophile. You know, when I call Doug a pedophile, I know that there are people out there that'll be like, "Oh, I think you're going a little too far." I'm not though. This is a, a a very grown man who scooped up a child and marries them. And like, I I think that when I say pedophile, people want that to mean someone who is uh a serial molester of children, right? I, no, I, it, I, to me, it also means Doug who flew across the country because he was in love with a 16 year old. And there, and yeah, there are people that will say, well, Courtney didn't look like a 16 year old, Um, but they were, and Doug knew that. I, I, and so I just don't have a lot of like, like there's no wiggle room on that for me. Someone who preys on children sexually is a pedophile. And that, and I, I don't, I don't know how else to explain that. And if that hurts some, if, if someone listening is like, well, that's very hurtful, I, I, the only reason it would be hurtful to you is if you were if you were a grown person sexualizing children 16 is a child if Doug was in his 50s and was sexualizing Courtney when they were 19 years old I still wouldn't I I think something was up with Doug anyway um they're all talking to Doug and Doug is saying that he met, he met, um, he met Courtney and they emailed for two and a half months and fell in love because they were just finding out things like, what's your favorite color? Um, if you had to have, like um, a cat's tail or a dog's tongue. Which one would you... This is like the what What would you do that me and my kids play when we're like out to eat or something. Or we each ask a question and then you have to explain your reasoning for choosing something. That's what he's describing. Just so you know, when we play this with my kids, I've never fallen in love with one of them. Just so you know. Just so you know. Anyway, and Doug says that Courtney had... Um, well, mm, Doug says this happened over like two and a half months and they show us clips of Courtney saying that it happened over five or se- five or s- six or seven months. Guys, that, the timeline isn't the problem. The timeline isn't the fucking problem. It doesn't matter. Doug says he, he like flew to see Courtney And that's when he realized how old they are. And that's when he went to their mom and Krista was like, Oh, you know, this is what's going on. And I hope you're okay with it. And he says that Krista said, yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, he also says that Courtney had many men after them at that time. Uh, richer men, famous men, Sheiks from the Middle East. Um. <clears throat> what? 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 <laughs> I. Mmm. Mm. <sighs> okay. So, I think Doug's telling that story to say. Um, oh I wasn't the only one interested in Courtney Courtney was out in these streets That's what it seems like But I'm like Because I think to him He realizes that he traveled cross, Over state lines To proposition a minor Ugh. Doctor Deb shows up and says to Doug, "Oh, let's we're ready for you to come in." Doug's like, "Oh, I can't come in because you know, oh the, the dog's name is Cupcake, um, and Cupcake um needs to be taken care of and has had a chance to go potty, and I'm gonna put down this uh, wee wee pad, and I'm like, you just you just gonna have a dog here? You're just gonna have this dog in here peeing in here? I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm weird. I don't know." So, Doug goes in with Krista and Courtney. Courtney immediately gets up, runs over, gives Doug, says, hi, honey, and gives Doug a long hug. But when Doug tries to kiss Courtney in their mouth, Courtney turns, Courtney turns their head. Okay. Guys. (laughs) There is like, and I've said this before because I've seen them on other reality shows, there is zero sexual chemistry between Courtney and Doug for good reason. For good reason. So, y'all sit down and they start to talk. And essentially... Doug says that two weeks after Courtney and Doug got married, Krista started hitting on him. I guess they live next door to each other. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming in some apartments next door to like side by side. He says Krista would um, say that she was thinking about him all the time. She loved him. She'd lie in bed and think about him. Krista says he's lying and that he came to her and that this isn't what happened. And uh, Doug calls Krista a pathological liar to which Krista turns to Courtney and goes, am I a pathological liar? And Courtney goes, from what I have seen of you lying, yes. Um, Doug does admit that he leaned on to Krista and that he used the support of Krista. Oh, Krista says that Doug would say, um, I'm afraid Courtney's going to leave me and you need to stay here so that she'll stay here with me and um you just need to and and if you stay here she'll stay too. Uh Doug says that Krista said that when Courtney left, Doug that she would stay with him and care for him afterwards you know let's why are we not talking about the fact that apparently Courtney was very interested in leaving Doug apparently and somehow didn't for some reason and I guess what I'm trying to say Doug ends up saying to Krista I am not I've never been attracted to you I will never be attracted to you. And Krista says something like, fuck you, fuck this, fuck. And, I'm, and the editing's off on that. I don't think she was saying, I, I, just the way it was choppily edited, she's, I don't think she's, I don't think Doug said, I'm not attracted to you, never will be. And Krista, and Krista like was like, oh no, fuck this. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened. What do I think happened? I think it happened. I don't think that they had sex. I don't think that they kissed. But I do think that they had an inappropriate relationship. And what's bugging Krista is that Doug got forgiven, but Krista didn't. That's what the problem is, okay? Doug, does. did I say this already? Doug does admit that He did lean on Krista because he doesn't have anybody because all his friends, his family, his father um, don't have contact with him because they, they opened up TMZ to see that their good buddy Doug, their son Doug, their brother Doug flew across country to get married to a 16 year old that he met on the internet. And I too wouldn't be there for you, Doug. I would be like, what? Well, you know what? I have at least one. I'm like, Doug, um, I just saw, Doug, are you, Doug, a guy who looks just like you and is also named Doug, um, is all over boss up right now. <laughs> Shout out the boss. It's all over the shade room right now, saying that y'all are like, what what and Doug would go. Oh, that's me, Princess. I be like, what, Doug? That's true. And then I hang up the phone and immediately change my phone number so he can never contact me again. I don't. But Doug is like a lonely person. So yeah, I believe it happened. I believe that they had any inappropriate, inappropriate conversations. I believe that Krista, um. Hit on Doug. Sure. Why not? I believe the whole, Krista says, Krista, not Krista, Courtney says that they believe their mom signed the paper so that they could get married to Doug because their mom was in love with Doug and that she thought this would keep them near, keep Doug near. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Why is nobody addressing that? People just let that fall on the fucking ground. Why is no one addressing that? So Dr. Deb tells them that they have a long way to go. Well, Courtney said that they believed that they were gonna be in the house eight weeks and they were gonna come out skipping and their relationship was gonna be fixed with their mother. Courtney, y'all are not there for eight weeks and you and I both know this. There is no way y'all are there for two fucking months. But Dr. Dev says, oh, you guys have a long way to go, but you guys are going, you've done a lot of work here in therapy. Babe, What what are you talking about? I don't think a lot of work was done. Nothing was resolved. It's just he said, she said. But the fact is, There's been an inappropriate relationship. Excuse me. There's been two inappropriate relationships. The first one started when one of y'all was 16. The other one happened because you were married. Because your daughter was married to this man. And you, I think we, what we need to get to the point root of, and Krista is right, that we need to talk about this, is why Doug has been forgiven, but Krista has not. And maybe Courtney would say it's because Krista has done this many times, but Doug is not. I don't know. Also, like, you know, people will mention that they couldn't stay, they wouldn't be married. Like, why is, why is Krista, why does Courtney continue to stay married to a man that has admitted to have an inappropriate relationship with your mother? I believe that Courtney and Doug had to stay together for financial reasons, I believe there were other things keeping Courtney with Doug at the time. Um, so after the the session, Krista ends up going back out with the ladies, and Krista and they're asking her about more about because they no one can like really just figure out what the fuck happened, how this all happened, and. I guess they asked about the sheiks and Courtney and Krista says that Courtney started putting her modeling pics, excuse me, Courtney started putting their modeling pics up on the internet and it was getting a lot of attention. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? Courtney, 16 year old Courtney was putting up uh, spicy pics on the internet and grown men were in their in- inbox is that what you're trying to say okay i'm just imagining if bunny if if a chic emailed bunny and was like i'd like to meet you and i'd be like bunny you should go like are you crazy no <laughs> Here, do you want me to sign a permission slip for you to go? <laughs> no. So also, Krista tells everyone that she was trying to be safe. She was monitoring all email contact between everyone. And Cassie says, she's like, I I, I don't want to interrupt you. I don't want to interrupt you. But I need to understand what was the point of you monitoring all the contact between courtney and doug if when something inappropriate happened you didn't do anything about it good question cassie were you just reading for your edification krista krista says that she didn't know how old doug was and char is like well you knew he was a grown-ass man and i agree <laughs> i like I, you know this is all fine and good i just And I guess they're standing for the audience because the audience wants to be able to have this conversation with Krista. But, yeah, like, there's no amount... Char, Cassie, you don't need to talk to Krista about this. There's no amount of talking... Krista don't have any fucking sense. Something's wrong with Krista. I don't know what it is. I'm not a fucking doctor. But something's wrong with Krista. And you keep trying to get her to, to, to... Give you logic to make sense of some shit that don't make no sense. Wasn't no sense when they was making it, so ain't no sense to be had now. You know what I'm saying? And so we can keep asking Krista all these questions, but but her answers are always gonna be like, "Well, no, it's always gonna be like that because we're because she something wrong with her." Um. Uh, after that, I think that's everything. Doug leaves, but he doesn't take Cupcake with him. That, why don't you, why? Doug, you brought this, do- Doug, please take Cupcake back to the car, please. No, Cupcake stays there. You just, we just, we just gonna have a dog. Okay i love dogs but i have to tell y'all a lot of times y'all want to take dogs places dogs don't belong y'all just i love my dogs love them i was looking at them today thinking how much i love them um we're gonna do a day of the dead thing for the kids just you know i i want to be i'm not sure if they would have um participated in some of these customs in if they were in their original families i'm not sure but I don't think it hurts to try to uh, do small cultural things and, you know, um, so we're doing a little ofrenda and, and, you know, I don't have anyone who, I, I, I didn't, I haven't lost anyone that was mine. I have relatives, but they're like, my, my connection to them is my mother. And like, I'm connected to her and she's connected to these people, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to put, um, my grandmothers on there. I'm going to put, um, my two aunts that passed in, a couple of years ago. And then I'm going to put my, um, my dog, mama, my old dog, mama, mama, and the kids we've been talking about and we've been figuring things out. And like, um, I've been explaining how I'm going to, uh, have the bread for them and, how we're going to decorate and what we're going to do. And they're asking about mama because they all know that I have like her ashes in the house and they, and Bunny was like, how, how did she get to be ashes? And I explained that I had to put her down. You know, she was very, she was elderly and like, she couldn't see, she couldn't hear. She was like a ghost in the house. She didn't move much. And I just, I, the the truth is I, I should have put her down earlier. It's one of like my biggest regrets in life is that, I kept her around because I was very sad about everything. So she, and I was just cremation and to the kids and everything. And Bunny looks at me and goes, did you cry when they threw your dog into the oven? And I was like, what? And she goes, you know, when you went to the vet and they put the dog in the oven. And I was like, I wasn't there. And she's like, oh, (laughs) she thought that I like, was just like, okay, well, it's time to put the dog down. And, um, it's time to like, um, and that I just handed the dog to somebody and they just threw her in an oven and then I got the ashes on the other side. Like, <laughs> obviously she doesn't know anything about cremation. So like, I'm giving her new information and she's, she's over there thinking I'm just like this barbarian or whatever. Anyway, I was looking at the dogs today because Dottie looks a lot like mama looks, they're both like Shih Tzu mixes. With the uh, what do we call it a saddle? I don't know. It's the black and white Shih Tzu mix. And to this morning, I was out front with the dogs. They were running around and using the restroom and stuff. And I was just thinking, I really love these fucking dogs. I love these dogs a lot. I am a big dog lover. And but as a dog lover, I still sometimes like sometimes I'll just be somewhere and I'll be like, guys, why do you have a dog here? Like. What is the purpose of this? And I'm not, I'm not a snitch. So you do what you do, but Doug and, Doug and Courtney are the type of people that just like, I don't know, show up to an Olive Garden with a fucking dog, make cupcake in a bag, and just like, cupcake wants a breadstick. I'm like, cupcake is still a fucking animal, and and probably does not want to be in this space with all these smells and people and noises when they could easily be at home in their kennel safe and sound and secure and you could come back and walk them when you come home. Like, what? <laughs> anyway, I feel like I feel like half my life is me telling people there are health code violations. So please. <laughs> Fine, we're just going to leave the dog here. It's a house. It's not a big deal. It's not like it's it's not it's not like it's it's not like they left her in a restaurant. And went, <laughs> but still, I was just like, you just came with this dog and, and some blankies and shit, and it was just like all that that all the sparkly bags they dug had was full of shit for cupcake. <laughs> okay. Um, Heidi and Darlene do a session together. Heidi says she was emotionally responsible for her parents as a kid and most of her life, and she would be all involved in her parents' fights. She's crying. But I didn't see any tears at first. And Dr. Deb's like, this is real. This is the most real you've been. I'm like, I don't know. She seems like she's fake crying, though. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that Heidi's saying that she's that she has an emotionally codependent relationship with her mother when the story has been that she doesn't really talk to her mother and that she, she chooses Spencer over her mother and that ever since her mother said she was ugly on TV and ever since they fought with Spencer on TV, um, the love of her life on TV that Heidi doesn't feel close to them anymore. And I'm like, okay, so then what does this have to do with this? I don't know. I, I, I see she mustered up a few tears, but I was like, this, this feels fake. And this is what being really good at reality TV makes. Like, even if this was true, it feels fake. Everything she does feels fake. so I yeah, it was like I was like all right whatever um, what after Doug is gone, like Courtney is laying in the hallway with cupcake and talking to Natalie. And Krista, like, walks past and doesn't say anything and then goes back in the kitchen and some of the other moms are like, um, did you go talk to them? And Krista is like, no, they were talking to Natalie and, you know, I didn't want to, like, you know, mess up any girl talk and, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, you. I- they are they do end up talking in the hallway with Kim kind of standing between them refereeing. And Krista just wants to be forgiving. That's all that's going on. She doesn't think it's fair she can be forgiving. And Courtney says that they need time and that they can lie and say they forgive Krista now, but they don't. And yeah, like I agree that it's unfair that Doug is is that everything's hunky-dory with Doug, but you hate Krista. I also agree that that there's a lot of shit going on with Krista. And it's not just, it's actually not just this Doug shit. It's everything. It's the fact that you signed a paper for me to marry Doug. Like, i am it's going back to when I was like your spouse because you and my dad were fighting all the time. And so I became your spouse and we became intertwined and you and little boys would come to the house to see me and you'd like show them your boobs or whatever the fuck Krista was doing. And they, they just have an inappropriate like Courtney has, again, the relationship with Doug is inappropriate. but Courtney also has an inappropriate relationship with their mother. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, the fact that Courtney thought this was gonna like be fixed in eight weeks is, excuse me, the, the three and a half weeks they was there that Courtney's pretending was eight weeks. At the end of the episode, they all get in the hot tub. Like they were eating dinner and I saw, I noticed that they had like some meat out or whatever, um, some sort of catering and it must be late because now they've got a pizza that they ordered and they're on the hot tub and they're drunk and Natalie, Josie and Heidi decide to go in the bathroom in Natalie's room and they lock the door. Karen is eating pizza and has come back to the room and tries to go in the bathroom and hears all this giggling and is upset. And she's trying to open the door. And Josie's yelling that she's taking a big shit and that people are doing things. She's like, What were you doing when you were Karen? When you were 30. Um, just I was like, Josie, what? And and what happens is Karen gets really mad and Josie unlocks the door and runs out and goes into her own room. And when they open the bathroom, Natalie's in a bathing suit, so's Heidi. They look very drunk. They're in a tub with the water running. Josie's telling Jessica that Heidi and Natalie are blackout drunk. And then she says something that they bleep out and there's also no closed captioning for it. And I want to know what the fuck she said. She she does a gesture like she says that Heidi's really drunk and Natalie is bleep, 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 bleep. And to me, it sounded like she was, I'm going to tell you what my impression is. I have no idea what she was saying. It sounded like she was saying that that uh, Natalie was engaged in, like, something sexual with Heidi. That's what it sounded like to me. And her, her hand gestures as well. Jessica says, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that. And I'm like, well, I didn't hear it, and I wish I had. Stop bleeping shit, guys. I'm a grown-up. <laughs> Stop it. So Karen's super mad. Heidi is drunk. She's like, "Hey, I'm just here. What's wrong?" She she looks blotto. and and she's like wet, and she's in the shower. She's in the tub, and they're, I'm just like, "What's going on?" Um, for some reason, Karen's super super mad and yelling at Natalie, and and they're yelling back and forth at each other. And Natalie's like, "I'm thirty. You can't tell me what to do." And Karen says that she's two and they're like in each other's faces and Karen's like yelling she wants to wash her face. And Natalie's like, I don't give a fuck. What you talking about me about washing your face for? I'm like, what is this an argument about? And that, the show pretty much goes off from there. And for the previews, I see that there's some sort of big fight. I see that um, Kim faints. And yeah, I don't, I don't. And it's the end of the, it's the end of the season. So, and again, like I said, you cannot buy the eighth episode on Amazon, but you can buy it on YouTube. And I have bought it. I will see if it's the, actually the correct episode, and we'll go from there. So if it is next week, we'll see. We'll talk about the finale, and if not, we'll end the season here. We'll have to figure it out. But until then, guys, later.